Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I apologize again to you if you're listening. I am suffering from a little bit of a fall allergy cold. And so you will continue to hear me shut off my microphone so I don't cough in your ear. And I apologize that I am not up to 100%. But I want to deliver some new fresh content for you this week. So I am here doing a show. Nonetheless, in this segment in our neighborhood spotlight feature, we're featuring Hampton Station which is in Canton in Cherokee County. Also, we're going to discuss what you need to do if your systems aren't up to code. Do you need to change those systems? Do you need to update your electrical or your plumbing if it's not up to code, if you're getting ready to list your house? And what are the closing costs that are mandatory for sellers in the state of Georgia? That is a question we get quite often. Remember, we want to connect with you. We want to talk. We want to be friends. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S, radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas. You can request your subdivision be featured in our neighborhood spotlight. We want you to visit today. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Why would you want to be a podcast listener so you don't ever miss a single segment of the show? We tend to follow the same format, so if you want the neighborhood spotlight segment, you could just listen to the fourth segment of every show on our podcast, and you would hear the local metro Atlanta neighborhoods we are talking about. In this week's show, we are featuring Hampton Station, which is in Canton, Cherokee County. If you are on 575 North, go east on Highway 20 coming highway, and the neighborhood is on the right. Average sales price of a home, and there's 250 homes plus or minus in this subdivision. Average sales price for a home in 2019, and there were 29 sales for the year. That's a lot of sales. That's over 10% of the homes in the neighborhood that sold. There were 29 sales that took 83 days on average to sell. The average sales price was $334,400, and the sales price to list price ratio was 99%, which means sellers had to reduce their price 1%, 1% in order to find a buyer who would agree to the price and go under contract. In 2020, there were 11 Homes sold for the year took an average of 28 days. Wow, they went from 83 days on the market down to 28. The average sales price, 334600 So average sales prices only went up $200 in that neighborhood from 2019 to 2020. In year-to-date 2021, it's a different story altogether. Sales prices have increased to the tune of $85,000 to $418,300 this year. Average sales price to original list price ratio is 101.4%. So two years ago, sellers had to reduce their price by 1%. Today, sellers are selling their house for 1.4% more than the list price. There is currently one home available for sale. We had a detailed conversation about months of inventory during the last segment of the show. And this neighborhood, based on the number of sales that have happened in the last 365 days, which is 16 sales, it would take 0.75 months for all of the one home that is listed for sale at $425,000 to go under contract. There are 243 homes in the neighborhood, give or take. In 2011, 
These homes were valued on average at $193,200 apiece. Now they are $418,000. That is almost $230,000 price increase. No matter how you slice it from 2011 to 2021, which means those 243 or 250 homeowners have increased their equity in their homes by $54.6 million. $54.6 million. The elementary school is Macedonia. The middle school is Creekland, and the high school is Creekview High School. I've been over there many times uh, with my kids playing sports over the years. Creekview High School gets a school chimp score of 88. It does not mean that uh, the school is perfect. It means that it gets a high B on a rating of an A, B, C, and F. If you are worried about your school's effect on home values or you are in the process of moving and you're looking to find the best school districts because that's important to you and your family, we suggest you get what's called a school chimp report. A school chimp report is really cool because it takes real estate data and divides it out just by school district, and it's very difficult to get other places. You could go get a report from uh, School Digger or GreatSchools.org. Those are great online resources. The issue is, is they're not going to give you all the real estate data that's associated with that school district. So a school chimp report can be obtained by going to gogaddisradio.com, click on school chimp link, put in a little information, tell us the high school you want to take a look at and whether or not you want it to be compared to the average of all high schools in Metro Atlanta or one specific high school. And Clyde, who is the school chimp preparing the reports, and his gang will prepare that report for you and send it to you. It'll be prepared specifically for you and emailed directly to you. No cost, no obligation, no nothing. In addition to the school ranking, which is a proprietary ranking of the schools, you will get all the demographic information you're looking for, average age of a home, percentage of homeowners versus renters, all kinds of good stuff about educational attainment of parents, about household income. And then you'll get the real estate data just for that specific high school district. You'll get the average sales prices, the number of sales, the days on the market, and the total market for sales. You'll get everything you could possibly want for that particular neighborhood. If you are searching for homes for sale Atlanta and you feel like you are being left out, don't fret. As we mentioned in the first segment of the show, there's 33% more listings. There are 33% more listings on the market in Metro Atlanta right now than there were in April. That means homeowners who are looking to buy a house today have 2,000, 2,200, if you will, more listings to consider today than they would have had if they were looking in the month of April. If you can't find a listing that you're looking for, we had a listener question in the first segment says, hey, my house is still listed as active by Zillow. The status has never changed. He had people peering in the windows because they thought his home was for sale on Zillow. To say that the information that's on websites like that is outdated would be an understatement. There's a lot of outdated information there. We think you should be searching on suremls.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com. Pulls listings from both listing services in Metro Atlanta. It is by far the most up-to-date information you will find. If you are frustrated because you feel like you're losing out, give suremls.com a try. Let's move to a listener question. And if you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host. Love to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com or just call 770-497-0000. Tim and John's Creek says, do we have to bring all of our systems, roof, appliances up to code before listing? And Tim, the general answer is no. Now, when people say bring it up to code, 
if you have done something, let's take, for example, a water heater. And let's say you have a water heater installed in your home. It was installed 20 years ago. So the, um, the requirement for having a, a bonding jumper for your electrical grounding and the requirement for having an expansion tank, uh, if you remember when you would turn water on and off in older homes and you'd hear the pipes go bang, you know, you turn it off, bang. It's because there was no way to relieve the extra pressure that was in the line, so they started requiring per code what's called an expansion tank with this black bladder on the inside that allows water to shoot up into the tank instead of causing your pipes to shake and rattle in the walls. Well, those things are codes that have come into place in the last 15 years. I don't know when they've come to be code, but those are requirements. So if you have a water heater that's 15 years old or 20 years old, you don't have to bring that water heater up to code unless that water heater has been replaced after the code changed. Now, I'm not saying that a buyer won't ask you to make some changes or that it might you know, cause some issues during an inspection, but you don't have to bring something up to code that does not meet current code but has also been grandfathered in. Another example would be electrical. Today's requirement, or if you have an electrical outlet within six feet of water, it must have a ground fault circuit interrupter. And in bedrooms, you must have an arc fault circuit interrupter, which is more sensitive. But if you have a home that was built in 1989, none of those were requirements. And if the kitchen has not been updated since 1989, first of all, it's probably not going to be the most current or attractive kitchen. But second, you can leave the electrical outlets exactly like they are. Tim, if you have any questions, 770-497-0000 is a number to call. You might be talking about something specific, but I don't believe there's going to be a requirement for your electrical, your plumbing, your roof, or your appliances to be brought up to code unless you've done something since code changed and you did not make them meet the current code. If you are looking to sell your home in the next three to six months, we want you to be aware of all of the options that are available. We want you to take advantage of our seller confidence plan where you know your options. Should you sell your home today for cash? Should you improve your home and then sell it? Should you just do a regular market sale? And do you need to go buy your new home before you sell your existing home? That all comes under our seller confidence plan Go to gogaddisradio.com, click on Contact Us, and we can talk about all of the options. Linda in Gainesville wrote in asking, what closing costs are mandatory for a seller in the state of Georgia? And uh, the answer is there are no closing costs that are mandatory for sellers in the state of Georgia. There are also no closing costs that are mandatory for the buyer. In some states, one party or the other pays a particular tax. The Georgia contract... The one from the Georgia Association of Realtors says the buyer will be responsible for all of his or her closing costs, and the seller will be responsible only for the cost required to satisfy any title issues, meaning the seller will have to pay to satisfy the security deed. The pay, they will have to pay to pay off the mortgage. If there is a homeowners association, they'll have to pay for the letter that says they're in good standings, and they're going to have to pay their property taxes, their prorated property taxes from January 1st through the closing date. If you wanted to know how much that is, I would say, Linda, for most sellers, that's under $400 or $450, not including their prorated taxes. But in many cases, you already have your prorated taxes saved in your escrow account. So when you pay them at closing, you're going to get them back from your mortgage company sometime within 30 days of closing. So, Linda, there are no mandatory costs, but your average seller probably spends between three and $450 getting their title ready to close. You've been listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio where we help listeners go from real estate novice to experts so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without the worry typical with life's biggest investments. We don't want you to learn anything at or after closing that you should have learned before. Happy Halloween, Atlanta. 
We'll talk to you next week.